Welcome to the Players Podcast. This is your host, Coach Noza. The Players Podcast is brought to you by the Salem Hoops Project. The Salem Hoops Project provides free basketball training to kids in Northeast Salem, Oregon. It's our firm conviction that no child should be limited from athletic opportunity due to financial limitations. For more information, visit the SalemHootsProject.org. Now on to the show. Basketball is a game with a lot of demands, a lot of multi-directional movements, a lot of stops and starts, a lot of jumping. What are the best ways for a basketball player to prepare their body for the upcoming season? I think the best, the best way is to, you know, peak your system, peak your explosiveness, uh, your conditioning, flexibility, and uh, your recovery. So, you know, it starts whenever you're ready to begin. I mean, you can start in season, off season, doesn't, doesn't really stop, uh, but I just think there are different phases of the season where, you know, in the off season, if you're getting ready to, to go into preseason, um, you know, that's, that's typically where you're, you're lifting kind of heavy and explosive, um, but you're also working on a lot of speed, speed training and, um, you know, obviously playing the game pretty well. So talk about in season for a little bit, because, I think there's kind of a drop-off for most athletes when it comes to in-season. Their mindset is either I shouldn't lift at all or I should just lift very light. What is your philosophy on in-season uh, weightlifting? Are you – are you uh, what level of athletes are you referring to? Are you referring to like high school or college? Or? High school, college, probably those two. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think as a strength coach uh, – you never really want your athletes to lose strength, especially in season. Um, and uh, a lot of times that mindset comes from the lack of like understanding that volume and intensity can change. Your movements can change, but your habits shouldn't change. So, you know, you still need to lift, you still need to get in the weight room Maybe it's not five, six times a week like it is in the off season, but once or twice a week, um, either before or after practice. Um, some NBA guys have been known to lift after games um, as a form of recovery. So, but usually the strength coaches that work with guys in season, they have them reduce their volume by anything up to you know, 50 to 60% compared to what they do in the uh, off season. So doing a lot less work. So one example might be in the off season, you work 10 sets of three trap bar deadlifts at like 80 to 90% of your max um, in season. Maybe it's more like four sets of one at 80% of your max. So you're not lifting lighter, but you're only doing four reps and that's just to maintain your strength and optimal recovery, but also um, keep your system, your central nervous system at its peak throughout the season. Uh, one example that I like to give when, when asked that question, because there's a common question when it comes to in season for all sports, really. The New England Patriots lift at 85 to 95% of their max capacity in the playoffs. Um, so end of the season, they're lifting heavy and some teams don't do that but uh 
they've been they you know it's one of those things where they do that they don't they don't go like all out all the time but they like to lift heavy because when they get onto the field their central nervous system is putting out maximum force so i'm gonna kind of blend i want you to talk about off season but i want, I want i'm gonna blend it with this next question because when uh, i asked most high school players even college players their goals their off-season goals they're saying i need to get bigger or i just want to dunk like those are the two main answers i hear so in terms of the off-season if you had you know a group of high school basketball players and i know it varies from individual to individual but on a general level what do you think are the most important areas for growth going into a basketball season so we're talking spring and summer and into the off-season now we're talking volume we're talking everything like that. How could a player maybe maybe tailor their off-season training program? Usually it comes down to, yeah, I mean, personal goals, obviously guys want to be able to jump high, run fast, change direction well. Uh, but when you break down like their game play, like if, if you have an athlete that can shoot really well, but maybe his defense is lacking or his rebounding is lacking, he wants to get better at rebounding, getting stronger is never a bad thing. Um, especially relative strength. So you might have a guy that's a, that's a guard that wants to play defense better. Maybe he's 5'10", 170. Maybe you can put on 5, 10 pounds of muscle and not lose a step and be able to guard the, the opposition a lot, a lot better, more efficiently. And he's more durable when he takes it to the hoop. Or you have you know, a big guy. Um, one of the guys that we worked with this last year uh, plays for Franklin. He's like 6'10", and he started out, and he was like 220. Um, we put 30 pounds on him, but he gained six inches on his vertical jump. So he, he went up 30 pounds in body weight, but his vertical jump still went up. So his force output went way up. Um, his trap bar deadlift went up by about 75 pounds in a matter of you know six to 12 months. But uh, when we're talking about off-season, usually you want to have a plan of attack from like, where's the athlete at? now uh, going into the off season where are they lacking in their game and usually it's their opinion or if you've seen them play you know as a strength coach you can kind of kind of tell but um sometimes guys are lacking in you know upper body strength lower body strength or a combination of both it's never a bad thing to increase strength because usually that especially for basketball players that translates to more explosive play on the on the court a lot of basketball players spend so much time on the speed side of the strength and speed spectrum that if you just get them stronger relative to their body weight, so you're not putting on, you know, a hundred pounds body weight, but you're just putting on, you know, five to 20 pounds body weight, um, their strength will go up by about 20, 25%. And then you'll usually see their vertical jump go up, their broad jump, um, their med ball toss for distance and height go up. So, um, Usually, usually the first thing that I like to address is any kind of imbalances that athletes might have as far as strength. For the athlete that is spending their offseason in the gym a lot, playing a lot of basketball, do they need extra conditioning? Do they need to be running miles or doing uh, multiple sprint workouts? What do you think about that? Um, I, I don't think conditioning is a bad thing. I think um, as, as long as it's planned out well and it's in a controlled fashion, they're not running pickup games all day, um, you know, and, and then doing AAU games on the, on the weekends um, and then running sprints every night. 
I mean, that's that's kind of overkill because I don't know when they would recover. But um, if it's a matter of like getting some extra work in, you know, at, uh, maybe two or three times a week after practice or after um, their AAU games or anything like that, then probably not a bad thing. But I always try to advise guys to try and take at least one full day where they like don't touch a basketball, don't a week. touch a weight. Yeah. Yeah. They maybe they stretch, roll out, but they don't go to the gym maybe one day a week. I'd be curious to see how you feel about AAU as a strength coach. If I'm coming to you as a 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid, and I'm like, hey, I need to get stronger next season. I'm getting pushed around. I played varsity, and I got minutes, but I'm just getting pushed around. I need to get stronger, but I'm going to be playing six games on a weekend, every weekend, the entire spring, and most of summer. I mean, what would your response to that be? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a common theme. That's a common thing that you see. Um, one, they're not going to get as strong as they could if they took maybe a spring of no AAU basketball. Um, it's, pro it's probably tough. I mean, there's a lot of pressure that comes into play when you're talking about guys that, you know, maybe they have a varsity spot, but the rest of their team, the rest of the guys they play against, they're all on the AAU team. They want to travel. It's fun. Um, but I've seen the biggest progress with guys that totally cut out the club teams or the AAU teams for like a three to four month period of time to just focus on training and recovery. Doesn't mean that they're not shooting or going to the gym and, you know, working on drills and stuff like that. Um, but really just focusing on getting stronger, getting, becoming more explosive, more efficient with their movement. So developing coordination and like a lot of different crawls and uh, core exercises that will translate to um, their season play. Uh, but AAU is tough because yeah, like, like you said, six games in a weekend. I mean, that's a lot of wear and tear week in and week out. Um, so it's going to be hard to get them to recover optimally for their for them to gain strength at the um, rate that we want to see. You brought up the wear and tear, and there's been some, I don't know if they've actually been studies, but there's been some reports on players having catastrophic injuries earlier in their lives, early in their careers due to the wear and tear. What are your thoughts on you know, a player who plays a fall league, then they have their high school league, then they're playing spring league, then summer league, and they might have August off and they're back to the gym in September. What does that do into their body? Yeah, I mean, I I personally had, so I became a strength coach because I, I personally had, I tore my ACL and broke my femur when I was 12 years old. Wow. And um, I was playing football, but I was also playing basketball. And um, I was doing AAU. Really, really what, what the studies say is uh, recovery is key when kids are growing. I mean, their bodies are growing. Their muscles get tight from their growth spurt. So, you know, a guy that grows four to six inches in a six-month period, but he's playing AAU and he's playing games all the time, um, his muscles don't have a chance to catch up with his bones and the tendons. So usually what that leads to can be injuries of, you know, ACL or um, patella tendon or, you know, meniscus. Um, so 
So there's a lot of a lot of credibility to the fact that it's probably a good idea to take take three to six months off a year and whether that's focusing on lifting focusing on the skills and drills of your sport combination of both or just like playing another sport you mentioned how the muscles tighten when an athlete grows does that make the mobility and flexibility work much more important because in my experience i grew late into my high school uh, career as when i grew and like I don't remember always being so stiff, and then one day I just realized I can't I can't do anything flexibility wise. Does that make it all the more important when you're growing? Definitely, yeah. It's it's a it's a daily battle. I mean, because yeah, you're you grow real quick. All of a sudden, tall guys like you know above six three six four guys that grow to six eight six nine, especially they all of a sudden get that tall. Usually, it's not like super gradual you know, where their body can just acclimate at this. That's why you see guys that are maybe six, seven, six, eight, but they weigh like 200 pounds mm -hmm. or even 190 or 175, you know? Um, so it is important to have a stretching routine, mobility routine that incorporates the, the main movers, your ankles around, around your knees, your hips, your shoulders, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I really focus on with all athletes, but especially the, the taller basketball guys is, you know, being able to do like an inchworm because one of the things that we first start kids on, no matter what their age is, is the inchworm. You're walking your hands out into a plank yeah. or flat, and then you walk your feet to your hands to see, you know, can they touch their toes? Uh, that's just one test. But, uh, if they come in, they do that automatically every time they come in, then I know at least, you know, we're working on it a little bit. Yeah. Tight hamstrings lead to tight lower back, you know, lead to tight hips. It's all connected. So there are all sorts of myriad of injuries that can occur from that. Definitely. Definitely. Let's switch a little bit and talk about nutrition and on, on maybe your philosophy of whether it's general sport nutrition or specifically for basketball players. But I want you to talk about not only what your ideal philosophy on nutrition is, but also something more practical for the high school athlete who may, you know, they got class all day and, and maybe they can't eat the way you want them to eat all the time or they have to eat the school meals sometimes. So maybe you can touch on that for a little bit. Yeah, nutrition is key. I mean, it's uh, an analogy I like to use is like a, like a race car, like a premium race car. Like if you have like a Ferrari, but you're putting gasoline in it that's just you know just be your basic gasoline your basic oil that you would put in a 1990 like honda civic you want to you want to have a ferrari body but uh but then you want to feed it like a like a honda civic so if you want your body to operate at its peak all the time you have to take nutrition seriously and with basketball there's so much condition done i mean some kids burn 6,000 calories in a day, you know, just from like waking up to when they go to sleep and how often they play basketball. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of running. It's a lot of jumping. And then if they're not eating enough, first off, they're going to stay skinny. So not muscular. They're not going to gain very much strength. They're more prone to injury. So one of the things that I like to say is like, you know, Get, get a smoothie in the morning 
with some protein, vegetables like spinach or kale. Um, easy way to get vegetables in right away. And peanut butter. I like peanut butter. If guys are allergic, then maybe almond butter, but something dense, something that you can just scoop, put in there. It's not very expensive. Um, oatmeal, like a big bowl of oatmeal, throw throw the peanut butter or almond butter into that. And um, that's a quick like 1500 calories right there, right in the morning. And then, um, you know, whatever you have to do at school, you have to do. Uh, usually, you know, there's school lunch or you know, whatever. So if there's rice or pasta or potatoes, um, the complex carbohydrates are good. But again, a lot of vegetables, um, especially the green ones, because those help create energy. And, and in an endurance sport like basketball, you want to have um, a good system as far as like being able to cycle out lactate and your, um, your endurance system, your conditioning needs to be at its peak. So green vegetables really help like um, marathon runners, they, they eat a lot of greens because they know that that's going to help them keep going when they get tired. Um, and then snacking on things like bananas or, you know, if you pack like a, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something like that, that's always good. Dinner, just eat as much as possible of potatoes, rice, pasta, some type of like lean, you know, meat, whether that's ground beef or, or uh, chicken or salmon. Um, I like the ground meats because you can just make a lot of it and then mix it in with, you know, some rice and beans or something like that. Like I grew up with three siblings. So my parents had, and we were all born within five years of each other. My parents had a lot of kids all at once and they fed us with like rice and beans and ground beef and a lot of spinach. It was just like a real simple, uh, feasible financially way to uh, feed kids. Post-workout, what's the most important thing for an athlete to do nutrition-wise? And, and maybe even pre-workout too. Pre-workout, uh, some type of fruit, fructose, you know. I'm not really a fan of the chemically driven supplement industry. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that it's a very efficient way uh, it's a quick, easy way. Like if you have like a sports drink, quick and easy, but long-term has been shown to, you know, increase your risk of diabetes and um, hypertension. So fruit is solid, banana, apple, something like that. Something real quick that you can digest. Dates, dates are really good because they have fructose and a mixture of glucose. Uh, so it's a little bit more of a complex carbohydrate, um, but post-workout dates, um, potatoes, pasta, rice, those type of things, like a full meal um, post-workout is always the best. You don't recommend, you recommend a protein shake, a quick protein shake that kids like to do? Yeah, they like to, they like to do it. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't recommend it with kids. I, I recommend real food and that they eat as much as possible every time they sit down to eat. Um, if they're looking to gain, you know, some, some solid muscle, cause as long as they're lifting and they're, they're, um, training and, and playing their sport, like they're not going to get overweight. It's only going to turn into muscle, but you want them to be, I want them to understand long-term health because when they get done playing their sport, not that they're going to ever stop playing basketball with them, when they get done competing, um, 
you want them to have good habits. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to still rely on, you know, protein shakes when they get into their, you know, later years, because um, those, again, have been shown to, to cause health issues long term. That's great advice. Build lifelong habits that you can keep for your whole life. That's awesome. What are some things? I mean, there's a lot of fads out there with nutrition, with training. There's a lot of gadgets. What are some things that you've seen young athletes really buy into that, in your mind, are probably unnecessary? I, I mean, I, I personally bought those jump soles when I was a kid. <laughs> Everybody did. <laughs> wanted, wanted to get bounced. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was walking around on my toes a little bit <laughs> on the jump soles. Um, so. Just like, yeah, the quick fix thing where it's like, oh, you'll get your vert up by like 12 inches in two weeks by walking around wearing these shoes all day. Um, Those are still a thing. But um, honestly, just feel like, you know, the there's there's skill, there's basketball coaches and there's strength coaches. Mm -hmm. I personally don't try to work on dribbling drills with kids. I don't try to work on their shot. I don't try to work on their defense. I know basketball, but I'm not a basketball coach. That's not my lane. So I stay in my lane because what I do specifically is weight training, mobility, you know, mixed with a lot of yoga, conditioning work. Um, I went, I was in the military for seven years. I know really creative ways to work on endurance um, and mental toughness. Um, So I'm more of like a holistic thinking person, but I feel like, sometimes kids can get drawn into the salesmanship of people that want to coach basketball and want to coach strength. So you can't really convolute the two that you have from professional teams down to, you know, the lower tier college teams, they have a strength coach, they have assistant basketball coaches, they have head coach Mm -hmm. and they don't try to do each other's jobs. Yeah. Um, so I think kids need to understand the difference. You spoke on mental toughness, and I think that's something that any sports coach, you know, no matter what the sport is, would love to be, you know, love to be more knowledgeable in. What are some strategies you have as far as developing mental toughness for athletes? Yeah, I mean, like I, like I mentioned, you know, in the military, there are a lot of sadistic ways that they work on mental toughness. Um, just a lot of pain and stuff like that, but, um, you know, we, we don't have them do those type of things. It's more like creative ways of thinking, how can we turn training into either a competition with themselves, within themselves, which I prefer, uh, because intrinsically motivated athletes develop long-term at a higher rate than extrinsically motivated athletes. Like, if you only play hard when you got somebody else playing hard, what are you doing alone in the gym when nobody else is watching? You know, you're just hanging out. So we want, we want kids to be intrinsically motivated. So um, we try to teach them like things like a plank hold for a given amount of time, whether it's one minute, two minute, three minute, four minute or five minute plank. You sit down, you do a plank and you can't move. This is a push up position plank can't move out of that plank first minute you know you might be solid most people can do a minute um but getting to that two three minute range it starts getting real tough mentally and you have to really understand positive self-talk and techniques for dealing with discomfort because the longer that 
athletes, and this is what we explain to them, the longer you can deal with the discomfort of that plank and reassure yourself under duress or under pain that it's going to be over at a certain point. But if you just get through it, you'll feel better on the outside of it. Um, so that daily practice of like getting into a plank, whether it's with other people um, or not, is going to help them develop, you know, that body awareness first off of like where do you feel it the most like do you feel it in your core your shoulders your back because that tells you something that tells you maybe where you're a little bit weaker compared to the rest of your body doing a plank but if it's in your mind if you just stop because it's tough then you know we try to reassure them that every time you come in you got to beat that time that you did before even if it's just one second because uh, then that's a that's a measurable, tangible way to help them understand that they're getting more mentally tough. That's been the most successful thing that I've seen. It's super simple. Yeah, that's something you could do. I mean, anybody can do that when they wake up before they go to bed just to test themselves and, and see how they're gaining their mental toughness right there. What are three things, two or three or however many you want to mention, that anybody can do right now to improve their body, regardless of, you know, if they can't afford a trainer or they can't pay for this or that, but anybody can do these things right now, starting today, since we all have a lot of time right now to improve their body. Yeah, I think, I think one really, really good technique is that plank. You know, we already went over that. Um, that's one of my favorites because it does, it does test so many different things and it helps you develop over time. But um, squats, lunges, push-ups. Um, if you have a resistance band, like resistance band pull-aparts and pull-ups, I mean, there there are so many things that you can do just with your body weight. Um, but also explosive jumps. I mean, uh, without you know going onto a court, you can work on kneeling jumps you can work on box jumps you can work on jump lunges lateral bounds um, there's all these types of movements that you can work on um, i'm really I'm, I'm really trying to help athletes become more explosive because i think a lot of, a lot of athletes don't understand that it's it is within their control that if they work on specific movements consistently a couple times a week it doesn't even have to be like 10 sets of 10 reps it could be three three sets of three you know daily as part of their warm-up um for playing basketball and i don't even know if a lot of athletes train uh do warm-ups for when they go to the when they go play pickup but <laughs> just check it up man just check it up let's go yeah so you know just um you know hit a hit a warm-up do like a lizard crawler inchworm do some banded lateral walks with the band around your ankles do some um you know jumping knee tucks where you jump as high as you can you bring your knees up and then land in the squat uh you know doing doing things like that i have i have a youtube channel and a and an online training platform that we're rolling out where yeah we want to help kids train explosive anywhere so what's your youtube channel uh it's strength farm strength farm performance okay yeah. What's one book every athlete needs to read? Grit by Angela Duckworth. It's a solid read. What's one habit every athlete needs to start? Drinking green smoothies. 
What's one habit every athlete needs to stop? Smoking weed. Look, let me restore the passion in golden era fashion. The dash corrupt, you'll turn me up while we print the atlas. Pray the pain won't be in vain. Pour the say the mask it. Why they kiss ass for traction? Build my own lane and lap them. Chances are they want the credit for your sacrifice. I'll hand you the patent and recreate it twice. Ready to die, you're only one and better name your price. On my 25th hour, no relation to spike. Ask for the spike in my price. Blame the economy. You heard 444. Hope will be proud of me since 22 twos. No competition here, honestly. My mantra is supposed to pay me. Call it a prophecy. Boxing one, there's no stopping me. Work to whoever you're praying to. Cooling in the layup line. Look at what y'all made me do. Laughing at advances now. That won't even pay the dues. Y'all stacking up y'all rosters. Suckers always pay the loot.